Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. We've had quite a few episodes over the last few years, and I think it would be fair to say that we've discussed many aspects of photography. We've discussed working as a professional photographer, learning the medium. We've spoken about contemporary art practice, exhibitions, festivals, promotion, marketing. I think it would be fair to say that if you name it, we've covered it. But there's perhaps one thing that we haven't spoken about. And that is perhaps the most important thing in photography. I think the truth of photography is it doesn't really exist. It's a bit like social media. Social media doesn't exist unless we engage with it. We bring the media, we bring the social. Without us, it's just a whole collection of ones and zeros. It's algorithms. Well, with photography, I think there's an argument to say that it doesn't exist either without us. Now, that may seem very, I suppose, straightforward, really, and obvious, but let me try and expand on that a little bit. Without us, photography is just a camera. But what is it that makes the camera and us become photography? Well, of course, it's subject matter. And that, to me, is the key to photography. It's like the child who asks, what shall I draw? And invariably, they will draw a house. And that house will have a door and some windows. And maybe there'll be a tree next to it and a sun up in the sky and some clouds. It won't really be the house the child has seen, it will be an imaginary house. Almost the kind of house that they think a house should be. Well, with photography, my understanding is that the most important thing is subject. It's more important your technical expertise, your post-production, the quality of your camera, any of those things. If you do not understand what you want to photograph, then what are you going to photograph? But of course, there is a subsidiary question to that. And that question is why? Why are you going to make those photographs of those things? And I think that that's the question at the beginning of photography that so often people kind of forget about asking. They rush out all excited and then suddenly think, but, but what am I going to photograph? But, but why am I doing this? And that's where a frustration can build up. That's where it starts to be kind of this chase for the pretty picture, the attractive picture, the technically excellent picture. All of those kind of elements, I believe, cloud our judgment if at the beginning we don't spend time really thinking about what we want to photograph, and why we want to photograph it. But then there's something else I want to kind of mention at this point, which is, are we willing to take control? What I mean by that is, are we willing to step forward? If we're going to photograph a person, are we going to step forward and actually control that photograph? Now, I don't mean you have to control the person. I think that should always be a communication, a collaboration. What I mean is, are you willing, are we willing 
to take control of that image in the lighting, in the uh, composition, in what's within the frame, and of course, what's most important, what's outside of the frame. Are we willing to take control? Or, alternatively, do we feel that photography is about observation only? Is that a reason why there's such a excitement and a big, I suppose, um, feeling that street photography is the thing to do? Because street photography doesn't really require you to take control in the same way. Yes, it does around compos composition and so forth, but it doesn't require that stepping forward and that collaboration. It's almost standing on the outside and looking in. Whereas I think that the real essence of photography is being able to step inside, to make the viewer feel as if the person who is taking the photograph is part of the situation. That, of course, is where great street photography works because it gives us that sense that we are actually there. We're not just looking at something that's a, a clever joke or a, a kind of clever use of colour or light or whatever it may be. These things are all nebulous. They all cross over. I'm not setting down rules here. But I think what I am doing is kind of responding a little bit to a lot of the comments I've been seeing recently, particularly on threads where I'm seeing lots and lots of people who are making images talking about making images in what is, to me, a very strange way. They're not talking about the why. They're not talking about the idea of ownership of subject matter. They seem much keener to give themselves labels, artist, creator. Strangely, few of them seem to be using the word photographer. But they seem very excited about the idea of using analogue or digital or drop your pictures here and show me these pictures. And to me, that creates a sense of hyperbole, which is unachievable. And I think really that's why I wanted to talk about that idea of subject and why this week. I'm seeing a lot of that kind of very excited kind of presentation of work. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at what I'm doing. I'm so excited. I'm so proud of what I've done. But that can be a sugar high. And just behind that sugar high can be a big down. And I suppose we're in, in a way what I'm calling for this week is balance. Balance of understanding. Balance of presentation. And I suppose in most importantly, balance in expectation. There are a few icons that I really identify with my childhood, and one of those is Muhammad Ali. Whenever he was on the television here in the UK for the great fights, I was allowed to stay up late and to watch them with my father. So I have a real emotional connection with that. The photographer we've got this week who's joining us to explain what photography means to him in less than five minutes has created, or did create, I should say, some of the most powerful and iconic images of that icon, of Muhammad Ali. He was born in Sheffield 
and uh, Michael J. Brennan began his career as a runner and then a news photographer for the Croydon Times in South London, just down the road from where I grew up, actually. Returning back north between 1964 and 1970, he worked as a photographer for the regional offices of the Sunday People and the Daily Herald. He was first noticed for his work uh, thanks to a series of photographs that he took of the death of Donald Campbell, who died while attempting the world water speed record in 1967. The photos appeared in Life magazine and Brennan won the British News Picture of the Year award. If you're my age, in your late 50s, you'll know those images. He worked next as a photographer for The Sun and then moved on to the Daily Mail where he covered important news events such as the troubles in Northern Ireland and the Indo-Pakistan wars and conflicts. After moving to the United States in 1973, Brennan accepted photo assignments for Sports Illustrated magazine. This uh, series of photographs of Muhammad Ali were created for them and a 1977 portrait of Ali is now in the collection of the Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery in the States. After a 50-year career in photography, Brennan is now retired and living in Costa Rica. What photography means to me, um, that's simple. It uh, extricated me from the dullness and the torpor of the suburbs. Um, looking back, the alternatives weren't really that enticing. My father, I think he wanted me to, to be a jockey. Um, that didn't work out. I think I was too short. The Croydon Times helped, but taking pictures of groups, of flower shows and jungle shows didn't exactly catch the imagination. The end came after yet another straight flash group shot at a gathering of Catholic priests while performing a balancing act on a chair and holding a very old Palmer's 912 glass plate camera and asking the bishop who, in my defence, was standing next to an attractive lady, I asked him to move closer to his wife. Well, that was the end of the Croydon Times. I arrived in New York City on May 3rd, 1973, after winning a couple of top rank awards. My photographs of Donald Campbell crashing and Dying in Bluebird, won News Picture of the Year for 1967. My work for Rupert Murdoch's first year of owning a son won me Photographer of the Year for 1970. Now, Muhammad Ali, I'd spent a bit of time with um, upon my arrival in New York, um, and I think most everybody knew that he was the most recognised man in the world. What photography means to me, to spend time in the company of this wonderful athlete, his open-door attitude, his genuine love of people was something I'd never witnessed with any athlete. I was up at Deer Lake in Pennsylvania on September 17th, 1977. He was uh, going to fight uh, a guy, a heavy puncher, and a, a dodgy opponent called Ernie Shavers. It was a sweltering hot day and uh, Ali was putting in the hard work. In the third round, uh, uh, with the bell rang at the end, and he, he was really working very hard. He sauntered to the corner where I was standing, 
to my right and to his front a window letting some late summer light. Further down, a door was wide open. Climbing over my back at the same time as, trying, as I was trying to focus, some twerp from one of the American networks was all over my with a, a searing direct light. The aging champion resting on his arms, which were clutched, literally hanging on to the corner post, totally exhausted, he slowly turned his head towards me. Here's two, that two fiftieth of a second, with the Nikon 200mm racked and to his closest focus, showed a roadmap of his years of hard work. Many years later, I sat with Ali in his suite at a hotel in Nassau in the Bahamas. He was training for what would be his last ever fight, a real tawdry affair against a Jamaican fighter called Trevor Burbick. I showed in the 1977 print. He sat looking at it, and, uh, and he kept looking at it, and, and, and he kept running his picture over it. He's writing this figure, he's writing this figure over the picture and the sweat beads in particular. And in a whisper, and to no one in particular, he said, I can feel the texture of all that sweat and hard work. I can feel my life. My 1977 portrait of Muhammad Ali training for his fight with Ernie Shavers now resides in the National Portrait Gallery in Washington, D.C. That's what photography means to me. Wow, what a great contribution this week. First of all, Michael, as you know, Michael, you may not know this, but I never listened to any of these contributions until I dropped them into the podcast. So when you just heard this listener... I just heard this, and when Michael's voice came out there, it reminded me of everybody I grew up with and all of my father's friends. But also that Shavers fight and that Burbeck fight, they were the fights that I remembered also, along, of course, with Norton and Foreman and all the rest. All of those fights in the 70s, really. I think it's so interesting when photography can mean one image, when Michael's got such an incredible body of work behind him. But maybe that's what it's all down to. It's down to that moment. But also, as I started off talking about at the beginning of this episode, it's all about subjects and collaboration. And I think Michael gave us a fantastic example of both of those things in his contribution. So I thank him enormously for joining us on the podcast. And of course, if you're not aware of Michael J. Brennan's photography, you need to check it out. I guess what I'm trying to say this week is photography doesn't mean anything without life. And on its own, it exists in a slightly strange kind of a place. I know a lot of people do live in it in that place. I'm just not that person. But I talked about um, some of the comments I've been seeing on threads. And I have to say, I'm pretty much on threads all of the time now as a replacement for X. I mean, all of the time. It's just the central um, social media network that I'm, I'm using at the moment. And I saw something the other day, which I suppose fits in with everything I've been trying to uh, convey, as always, I suppose, in a slightly kind of convoluted and tangential way. But I always try my best to be as clear as possible. But anyway, 
I did see this comment by a photographer, which I thought was somewhat strange. I'm just going to grab my phone so I can read it to you. It says this. Uh, what is your photographic love language? Mine, lots of grain and contrast, black and white, of course. Well, I was somewhat stray, uh, sort of concerned and I thought it was rather strange. Uh, a photograph love language. I'm sure all of us can write our own kind of interpretation of what that is. But it does kind of fit to me with this kind of uh, kind of odd. I mean, maybe I'm just getting old and maybe there are new people looking at photography in a new way. And I, I'm sure that's the case. Um, I do try and kind of stay relevant. And hopefully you feel this podcast is relevant to where photography is now, because I'm constantly trying to ask questions. But there does seem to be an understanding of the medium at the moment, which is very odd to me. I just don't get why you would even ask what your photograph a photograph love language is and then answer it by saying, yeah, mine's lots of grain and contrast, black and white, of course. I'm going to leave those words with you to think about. Am I right? Am I wrong? I don't know. But what I do like is your feedback. And we've had some incredible feedback to the feedback episode of the conversation that Bill Shapiro and I had um, the other week. So thank you very much for all of those comments. You all seem so far to have given us feedback saying that you really enjoyed it and you found it really useful. And a lot of you seem to have agreed with what Bill and I were saying. So that's really, um, I suppose, in a way, a kind of nice validation for what we do. Now, on the next episode of The Conversation, which will go out in the first week of December, we will be reading some of that feedback before we move on to our ne uh, next, I should say, topic of conversation. Uh, that's pretty much it for this week's uh, episode. I think we've packed quite a lot in, really. Um, but a big theme around that idea of subject matter and the photographer and the photograph. Uh, one thing really needs the other. And if you're just going to look at photography and think about photography because that makes you a photographer, I think that's going to really uh, fail. But there you go. What do I know? What I do know is that over the next week or so, um, I'm going to take care. And I hope you do too. Mm -hmm.